reason I was doing sport was because I felt that there were kind of these universal truths that we were exploring in sport about endeavour and about the way of doing things that I thought sport's so much valuable knowledge that you pick up and learn and experience. It's about empowering people, enabling them to learn and be the best versions of themselves and to do this great work and be inspired by a mission and a purpose and all the things that are happening in your company. You guys are living, breathing extensions of your passion and your purpose. Love to know, where did it all begin? Damien, I'm going to go straight for you. Big question to start off with. Yeah, that's a big one. But, um, you know, I think for me, you know, my background is like really, really varied, right? So I studied engineering. I went to work in the city. I did an MBA. I went to work with startups and run businesses and so on. But the one thing that had always always interested me ever since kind of school and college was kind of working out and nutrition trying to be in good shape I was of the generation that um that grew up watching kind of Arnie movies and Bruce Lee so they were my kind of heroes so you know from early from early kind of looking at flex magazines and figuring out as a 16 year old what to do in the gym with my mates I'd always been quite interested in keeping in keeping in shape um and I'd always actually taken a protein, like right from a very early age. I remember some of the, like the Joe Wader kind of stuff back in the day and then optimum nutrition and things like that. So it'd always been a big interest. Um, and then it must've been around, like, I think it was like 2015, around the time of Cowspiracy. Remember that documentary um, that I watched that obviously. And I just kind of, it just kind of piqued my interest in that kind of plant-based vegan movement at that time. Um, it was, you know, it's a very interesting documentary, and I'm when something kind of gets my interest, I'm kind of slightly obsessive. I go all in, so I devoured all the information that was around at that time. I read the China study, all of this other stuff, and it got me really interested in plant-based um, food um, from a personal point of view, but also from a kind of like a bigger, more systemic kind of business point of view. Um, it seemed to me, remember, this was like 2015, so it wasn't the kind of thing that it is now, veganism, but it seemed to me very much like, you know, it wasn't just going to be a trend. It was something that was being driven by big systemic drivers, you know, clearly new emerging evidence on health, clearly planet and sustainability, and obviously kind of animal welfare as well. So in many ways, form started it was it was almost like the perfect storm of like a something that really interested me nutrition i'd always been into kind of working out nutrition health and wellness that kind of stuff something that piqued my kind of business interest is hey this is this is an opportunity this is a big i don't think it's going to be a trend i think this is a big thing that's coming and then the other you know important thing for me is i i naturally tried all the vegan proteins at the time and they all tasted bad and were not kind of positioned or appealing to me so so it was it just became like a challenge to to create something that would appeal to me to create something that i thought you know was would be like a pleasure and something nice to drink i didn't believe that nutrition had to be or a protein shake had to be something that you just kind of held your nose and neck down after the gym um, so it started really like that. And the more I kind of like dug into the nutrition space, the more I thought about the branding, the more I saw there was so much opportunity to kind of, um, you know, 
elevate the idea of nutrition to be more than just a protein shake after the gym to think about you know how you nourish your whole self um, and when you start to do that you know there's so much that you can bring into a brand and then the brand has so much more depth um, so yeah I mean there was just so much to it and it's it's just funny how it all kind of happened because it's not like I ever had an idea right I'm gonna start a protein brand or a plant-based or a vegan protein brand it just kind of happened it's almost like I got more and more interested in it and then before you knew I had a brand and then before you knew it we were testing products and then before you knew it you know we had a team and you know all, all of the rest of it so it happened clearly it happened very purposefully but in some ways when I think back of it now it's kind of almost happened very organically as well so yeah, I mean, that's the that's the story in a nutshell. I mean, there's a lot more detail, which I'm sure we can go into. But yeah, ultimately, it was a, you know, it's a space that interested me, an opportunity that inspired me and, you know, a challenge that really kind of, um, you know, attracted me as well to 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 want to to want to take on. I, I certainly have that image of a, as an athlete seems a long time ago of trying to like stomach these just yeah. vats of protein. I'm sure Etienne, you had this, a similar experience. Um, but same question to you, Etienne. Like where, like you know, where you are today via Olympic sport. Like where, where is this wonderful kaleidoscope of uh, experiences led you to this moment? Yeah, it's a really interesting, isn't it? Because you, you kind of only sort of make sense of things looking back uh, and. You know, you, I've, I've I've probably never actually been asked the question, where did it all begin? You know, because it all could, you know, it's kind of like turtles all the way down sort of thing, you know. But I think probably if I was to say a, a pretty key part of it was watching Top Gun. And I don't know how I managed to watch it. Um, because I th- Were you Maverick or Goose? Yeah, well, yeah, there you go, you know. I'll, I'll t- ask like later, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Definitely, I'd have been a Maverick sort of person because I watched it, I think it came out in 1986, and I, you know, and then I, I was only six years old, so I must have watched it a little bit later. But I became dead set on becoming a, a pilot, a fighter pilot in the RAF, like properly set, you know. I was like, and because of that, it meant that... Um, to, to get in the RAF in them days, you needed five O levels and two A levels, which is what they were called. And so I was like, right, well, I was pretty pretty decent academically at school. I was like, I'm going to manage to do that, no problem. But you also needed to be kind of uh, fit and, and, you know, strong, I guess, you know, kind of physically capable. And I wasn't, you know, nobody in my family was sporty or anything like that. So I started to get into sports kind of as a as a result of that. And I obviously started focusing on my schoolwork, you know, to make sure it was all good. But that was that was kind of happening anyway. And then and then basically, yeah, I started to get into sports. I got into I started playing hockey at school because I was rubbish at rugby and I hated football. No, let me put it the other way around. I was rubbish at football and hated <laughs> rugby. Um, and that was the main things that people did. The only reason I did them was because everyone else did them. Um, and eventually, I you know I joined scouts when I was a kid. Just you know, I was in the Cubs and all that. You know, and I came across canoeing, and I just eventually slid into canoeing, and around that time because of being wanting to be in the RAF I joined the air cadets but I didn't get on at all well with air cadets um, and they didn't get along with me it was I think it was actually really not very fun experience for me and I found it really painful because I really wanted to be a pilot but didn't didn't like 
the way things were doing there. You know, perhaps in fact now looking back, I think suspect I wasn't probably that well suited for that sort of environment. Um, but for various reasons, that dream sort of kind of came to an end. You know, I was like, I can't, I'm not gonna, not gonna manage to do this. And then I think it was almost like one one branch to the next. I just kind of fell into canoeing in a big way and um, just got more and more serious, you know, joined a club, got more and more serious, saw more and more role models, people I wanted to be like, you know, just got worked more and more, go more canoeing, you know. And I had basically two careers in, in, in sport of whitewater canoeing. I did one career where I was not very successful as an individual athlete and then a second career where I switched to, to going in double canoes um, and I was successful in that and became an Olympic champion with my crewmate Tim in London and then did a few more years with another crewmate called Mark Proctor towards Rio and then retired and so once that had happened towards the end of my career I was really the reason I was doing sport was because I felt that there were kind of these universal truths that we were exploring in sport you know about endeavor and about the way of doing things that I thought you know sports so much valuable knowledge that you pick up and learn and experience because you're you know concentrating so much in one area you don't have all the distractions of, of life um, and I was like I wanted to put them out there that was my plan for myself once I finished my sport and it was only a few years into that process I did a degree in psychology you know and I started to and I'd already been a bit interested in environmental stuff as an athlete, you know, just because it seemed something that I was. But I just started to become more and more aware of the climate and ecological emergency. Um, it, it went through, I, in fact, I went to a few talks in a, a, a vegan um, camp out in Nottingham, which was where they would sort of, there was all sorts of talks about um, the, the sort of act activism, vegan activism, effectively. And I was really kind of thought, oh, you know, this is really interesting. I was quite taken by the idea of how you can create change in society. But it wasn't really for me. I was vegan, but I wasn't like, you know, I was vegan because I wasn't environmentalism. And then it sort of started to, you know, all of this stuff came into me. So, you know, now I would consider myself to be a vegan for, for you know, animal rights, health and, and for environment. But then that's when basically Extinction Rebellion, literally a month later, Extinction Rebellion appeared. And I was like, well, this is actually the the where I need to go because all of the things that I believe in, looking out for people, helping people to have a good future, which is where, you know, this idea of sports, you explore human potential, the fact that we're all capable of so much beautiful things, given the conditions and the support and the challenge. But I realised this is all going nowhere, unfortunately, because our planet's going to die. We're killing it right now. And we actually have to we can do better we can do something much more beautiful with our human potential but we need to change course because it's all heading down the pan and so I just didn't it didn't make sense for me to continue doing what I intended to do and so I've become basically an, an activist and a campaigner to secure a living planet that we can all do the things that we want to do in future on so it makes sense to me and it kind of just one step follows the next It's interesting to me listening to you because to both of you because there's um, a clear sort of thread of authenticity that runs through that from you exploring what you've always done in some ways and it's evolved into kind of both where you, where you found yourselves now but it's not an it's not an easy path you know you're not you haven't chosen something that 
I imagine, Damien, when you set up form, it wasn't the, the, the environment that it is right now. And I guess the receptiveness to some of those products and to the awareness factor even that it, that it is now. And certainly, Etienne, I imagine people have questions for you as to the, the platform you've chosen, because not the way you represent it, but maybe the way that others perceive it or it has been represented by others. So I guess the question for me is, how have you managed to hold on to that truth for yourselves, knowing that it's really important, knowing that you want to represent that in potentially an environment that hasn't always welcomed it. And Damien, if I throw that question to you first. Well, I think the way that we've always attacked it as as a brand really was was to kind of not worry too much about the absolutes. So we're a vegan plant-based brand, but we never kind of pushed that agenda in some ways. We very much took the view that we can have the biggest impact by providing a product that is vegan, that is plant-based, that is a very easy switch for people to make and that they don't have to compromise on. So you get the same kind of nutritional performance, you get better taste and you get a brand that does all these amazing things. And I think, you know, our view was that we could have a bigger impact on the world by creating something like that and everyone making a little move in the right direction rather than rather than try to, you know, not force or push, but, you know, to try and convince people that they should become 100% vegan or something like that. Because the reality is that for many people, that's that's very hard and they might start on, on day one. And, you know, if you're a busy mother with three kids, by day two, you've kind of almost given up. So we wanted to kind of, you know, enable people to make better more mindful solution uh, decisions and provide a solution for them to do that in you know in our case with um, with a, with a vegan protein shake that was a you know a much a much better alternative to whey and in terms of you yourself did anyone around you kind of question when you started that like, this is the concept this is what I'm going with at that time was anyone like what are you doing oh yeah everyone thought I was crazy Everyone thought I was completely crazy because, A, you've got to remember, this is 2015, so A, vegan wasn't the thing that it is now. And also, you can't pick a more crowded, competitive category than protein shakes. So they thought I was nuts. Why, why do you want to do a protein shake? There's a million different brands of protein shakes. And, you know, why a vegan one? Who drinks, who's, who drinks vegan protein shakes? Um, and in some ways, to me, that, that became part of, part of the challenge. I was really interested in, in this whole idea of it being a crowded space and figuring out how I could stand out or how we as a brand could stand out. And, you know, I'm the kind of guy when a lot of people say, that's crazy, you can't do that. I kind of want to do it more. Um, so yeah, so that 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 would be why really, and you know that whole idea of, I mean, this your podcast is about winning and competition and so on. But I think the interesting thing from a business point of view is, you know, the really smart thing in business is to is to kind of make the competition irrelevant, to find the blue oceans, that space where you can kind of operate on your own, and that's very much what we've always always tried to do. Obviously. You know, in sport, that's that's impossible because, um, or in most sports, that's impossible. But that's certainly what we've tried to do. How about you, Etienne? How have you kind of stayed true to yourself through this? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. I just just picking up on what Damien just said at the end there. Um, I think in sports, you are trying to find your own little way of doing things. That is the way that is going to be successful you know because you know in the sport everybody's doing more or less the same things and then you have to find what is it going to be your winning formula 
and kind of more kind of given that perhaps by a coach or perhaps by the environment that they work in but some sports you have to well I, I guess it's the journey all sports you'll have to do this but some sports is a bit more of a personal thing you have to find your own formula canoe slalom white water slalom is really much like that you know you have to you someone can teach you and kind of point you in the right direction but you have to do it yourself and for me this is exactly kind of building on what you're saying um because to me i wanted to do my sport to you know at, at first it was about winning and competing and being successful and being everyone thinking you're awesome and, and also just because it was super cool super fun and i really enjoyed training whatever but to sustain something for such an amount of time under such pressure and difficulties and challenges something so complicated and difficult you have to have really good stronger more kind of i'd say kind of philosophical reason and for me i felt very strongly like this life is about being a good human being you know and actually i don't believe human life is almost means very much in isolation it means only something when it's connected to other lives and the influence that it has on other lives because that's the only way that you exist in a way in other people's minds so when I was doing my sports, it was about like, I really felt very strongly that that was, I was doing sports for the reason that I would find something that would help me to be, you know, to give this information, but also because I thought it was a good place for me to explore myself and improve upon the things that I wanted to do. You know, some of the things that I, I suppose my, that I perceived as flaws or weaknesses, sport actually just encourages you to build them up because they're going to get ripped open in a competition. You have to build them up. So to me, then it comes back down to, you know, who who you are. And I think, you know, you can do things at a superficial level and they can be very, very effective. But to sustain them for a long time, you've got to actually get a bit more deep. And so for me, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. You know, being a being a member of Extinction Rebellion involved in in activism, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's challenging. You know, you have to challenge other people in a way as as compassionately and kindly as possible, but out of care because you know this is the situation we're in. But also, you have to challenge yourself because it's it's it is a bit. It's like anything that's difficult. It's going to be hard, and then you've got to have a good reason. And and for me, you know, the the reason in sport was because I wanted to learn this stuff, and I wanted to get it out there. And now the reason is because it's fundamentally the most sensible and right thing to do because all other things that I would want to do would depend on us having, you know, a society that can sustain us and, you know, and a planet that's, you know, able to, to support that. So to me, it's kind of bringing it back down to always down to a lower level, you know, why deeper, deeper until you get to something that's very kind of true and then when times are really tough, you've got to kind of try and revisit that back there because those things are probably not very changeable inside you. The stuff that's going on outside is the things that you're really trying to hold on to. You've got to, you have got to hold on to them. And that is challenging because forces try to change them. But I think that's kind of where I'd come from on that. One thing that, that you guys haven't spoken about, but you clearly are both leaders within your environment. So that, that you know, there's people that are clearly kind of following you in in the pursuit of of this passion and this purpose that you have. How how do you go about that? So you've got your passion, the thing that you really care about, and yet, as Etienne you so eloquently put, like it. De- 
demands or requires connection. It requires, you know, involvement with other people. How, how do you, how do you create that followership? How, what does it look like? What's your kind of leadership style through living your purpose? Could I jump in here? Is that all right, Damien? Just that I've got yeah, something yeah, go really, it. really important to, to, to kind of talk about this because it's something I think about a lot. I think there's leadership is a funny word. Some people see that as, you know, a bit, bit scary, sometimes a bit authoritarian, but I think there's two sort of fundamental sorts of leadership in my mind. There's a sort of leadership where you tell people what to do. And there's leadership that shows what can be done. And sport, I believe, is actually manifestly about showing what people can be done. And that's inspiring, you see. So lead, leadership in that way is kind of showing what can be done. And sport is all about showing what the human, you know, human body, human people, you know, are capable of. So I really strongly believe that it is about showing people. I don't, I don't, I really detest, in fact, telling people what to do. I don't have that sort of confidence in myself. Uh, I don't have that sort of, um, uh, but I do try to foster confidence in what I'm doing and why. And then I go out and try to do that and be clear about it. So why I'm doing something. So, for example, there's just, a, you know, kind of just because we're here and talking about it. You know, I would never tell someone to adopt a plant based diet, but I would be very clearly if I was in the, you know, the, the queue saying to people, actually, I'd like, you know, the plant based option here. And then if someone says, well, why are you doing that? I'd explain to them why if they want. And to me, that is quite effective. Um, and in, in, in sports, again, you can't necessarily tell people what to do. You have to blaze that trail very clearly. And I think that in society as well, we're in this place where we're often looking to leadership and actually we're seeing leadership in the world right now is basically borderline terrible. You know, there's not a great deal of leadership out there because the model of, is wrong where we're being told what to do. I believe in empowering people. This comes back to sports and what I really want to see in the world. I want to see human beings realizing the incredible power that they have and leadership then goes to be about doing you know you're leading your own life and showing people what can be done and it's a much different way how people can get involved in all sorts of different ways then they can follow you to certain degrees or they can do that and you follow them a little bit and all that sort of thing to me that's very very different and that is what i think of leadership so being very clear about what you know being visible about what you're doing and being clear and visible about why you're doing it yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that in that, you know, I mean, telling people what to do isn't isn't leadership almost almost by definition. I mean, I can talk about it a little bit just from, you know, just from my experience and from a business perspective. But I think for me, leadership is, you know, it's setting it's setting goals and direction and strategy and tactics to kind of get there. But it's also for me very much about creating the, you know, the right environment for people to actually do that um, and what I kind of tend to borrow from mostly is I think it's um, Daniel Pink and his his book I think it was Drive or Motivation I can't remember now but for me I always think about three th three key things with our people and that's like autonomy you know their desire to be kind of self-directed and um, you know be kind of not their own, not masters of their own destiny, but have that autonomy to, to make their own decisions. Mastery, you know, 
everyone should be engaged to actually want to get better at whatever that set of skills is and then purpose which is you know such a big thing for you know for everyone to have fulfilling work or you know to do something that's meaningful to themselves and as part of a greater kind of connected community so that they're the they're the three things that i think are most important in creating uh you know creating an environment for success and i think that is the key job of of a, of a leader um so that would be my kind of taking it from a, from a business um, perspective. I think the other thing that's really important, another good thing, but um, everything I know comes from books. Um, book uh, another one called Multipliers. So that that is really about you know not being someone who creates like a diminishing energy on your staff or your people or is you may, makes people scared. It's about empowering people, enabling them to learn and be the best versions of themselves and to do this great work and be inspired by a mission and a purpose and all the things that are happening in your company. So that's something I focus on a lot as well is how can in some ways get how can I get out of the way and and let them, you know, be as, as good as they can be. So I always think in that that respect and, and how can I you know stop myself being being a block in in their progress as often managers and and leaders can be in my experience at least yeah that's really cool I just wanted to there's something really good as there as well because I think this is called like thriving right autonomy yeah. mastery and purpose and unfortunately I think the world we're set up in right now is, is very difficult some people who we know probably do I've experienced this but actually the world is set up for a vast, vast majority of people never really quite experienced those things, you know, true, you know, true autonomy, the chance to be good enough, you know, to do something enough to become master and also to have a purpose that actually is connected to what they want to do rather than their purpose being a secondary thing to survive, you know? And I think this is one of the, you know, the way I see a more, more beautiful world where it's not just in businesses where you know cool businesses like yours Damien where people get to do those things or cool sports like me where I got to do that sort of thing in XR we try to do this as well we're trying to get, allow people to release human power because right now it's completely stifled under this way of doing things that's absolutely toxic to us individually but also to our planet which is one and the same thing in the end so to me it is about releasing those things <music> One thing that we love to talk about is um, a sense of uh, ambition, or as we call it, a win. Um, and it's that kind of sense that it's not about beating other people. It's about what is the what is the target on the horizon that you're driving towards, whether that's personally or you know through your community or or, or through a business or through an organisation. That kind of real clear dot on the horizon. You almost don't know how to get there, but it's like that is the direction in which I'm I'm going. And then from that, you can then have all sorts of interesting conversations about like what's getting in your way and, you know, what is, is likely to, to propel you or hold you back through that journey. But I'd, I'd be fascinated if you could share um, a sense of like, what's your win? What is the thing that you are kind of driving towards that, that, that gives you that kind of clarity and focus in terms of this is where I'm channeling my energy right now. Etienne, you've That's got the biggest big smile. <laughs> no, it's... It's really interesting. Um, I, I think, I, I I think for me the simple thing is is this, where I see, is this beautiful humanity, this expression of all that human beings can be, 
and for that to be valued you know at the moment again i would suggest you know a lot of the ways that people are can only be valued in certain ways in our society but actually i believe people are capable of so much more so much more beautiful stuff and that to me is the long horizon you know the really long thing and that's what i believed in sport that's what i experienced that's what i fundamentally have faith in human beings and that is where i want to get to where that where that happens and it's unfortunate slash tragically horrible that we've got this massive blockage in the way which is our planet's dying um but i believe at the same time we don't have to shelve that idea you know if you know i think one of the things we talked about you know is like winning you know well the style in which you do something is as important as what you actually do and expressing this idea of faith in humanity what human beings can do so that they can thrive is the only way we're going to be get to that place in the end because we've got so much to get through unfortunately you know there's going to be some very tough times ahead for for human beings and, and in fact all 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 things on this planet you know living things um we just uh i think that's that way that you know the destination is almost the way that you need to live as well and that that seems to make good sense to me and if if that's we would describe that as future state so that's the kind of the the destination in which like ultimately that you're driving towards mm -hmm. have you got a sense of something that it's slightly nearer term something that you could point to to say you know what we are or i am on that journey i know if that became true i i would know that i was in that heading in that direction well, I think, yeah, I sort of do and sort of don't. I think you, you can tell when you are acting, you know, living a way towards that because it feels good, you know, you're thrive when you when you can thrive, when you do can exercise this, you know, autonomy, mastery and purpose, you know, and express those things, then you then it feels good and it's really nice. Uh, I'm not saying that's easy actually. It's much easier to do in sports than it is to do in areas outside of it. Um but I would say for that, yeah, in that respect, like the method is the same as the destination. You know, you're trying to search for that. Well, not trying to, you know, trying to set things up. And this is maybe, Damien, what you're saying. You know, we're trying to systematize, make agreements between people about the way that we could do things that allow these things to happen. Um, and that, I think, is the task, I suppose. It, I don't know. I've probably not exactly answered your question, but I think like the, the, the means is the is the end as well perhaps you know to to a great degree absolutely so it's almost like living that future embodiment now and the more that, the more that mm. you can do that and the more you can encourage and uh align other people to be able to do that the, the more likely that future state is to happen yeah. damien what about for you well i mean I, I agree with what etienne said there but i think the interesting thing about winning is that it implies that there must be a loser um and i think you know, for us, the way we've always wanted to think about it, performance and, and someone winning in their in their daily performance. And for us, you know, our customer base is so, so broad that performance for one person might be athletic performance. Performance for someone else might be, you know, a, a busy day at home with the kids, like homeschooling or something like that, or as an entrepreneur. So we wanted to kind of, you know, create this environment where, you know, everyone's performance is important and that it doesn't have to be like a zero sum game. So for so for me to win, you don't have to lose, right? We can have this idea where, you know, everyone everyone can can win. You know, 
for me to, you know, for me to have a great performance, as I said, you don't have to lose, but the planet shouldn't have to suffer, animals shouldn't have to suffer, and it doesn't have to be the zero-sum game. So that, for us, is where, you know, our kind of big kind of, or our initial kind of brand kind of strapline was to be the best version of yourself while being mindful of others. And I think, you know, for us, that was such a soft, rounded way of talking about personal performance but also being mindful that you know you don't have you know, it doesn't have to be this winner takes all mentality which I think is a little bit kind of too far the path that society has kind of gone down um, so we wanted to kind of roll back from that so that would be my thoughts on 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 winning and what that means but for me personally I think as Etienne said it's almost just like not so much like a destination, but you you just feel it when you're aligned. I think he called it thriving, which I'd agree with. You just you just know when you're on that on that path. And within your within your business, or Etienne, even with the kind of community that you're now surrounded by, how do you see and recognise that in others? And almost, I'd be really interested to know, like when you're surrounded by people who feel the same thing and and thrive in the same way. What's been your experience about what you can achieve versus what you think you could do individually? I think it's worth, I think there's, there is a slight myth here, I suppose, that, that I would probably be keen to expose is that sports is such a simplified kind of um, microcosmic space that it is possible to experience kind of thriving because there's, everything is stripped out where i'm at right now you know the world you know being an being an, a campaigner and activist it's really 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 hard and thriving is very difficult because we're under such an amount of pressure and there's such amount of work to do but there's a deep commitment to be made to try to do those things even though it's extremely difficult and i suspect you know this is real life you know being out there if you've got like three kids you know single moms working you know terrible hours you know zero zero hours kind of I don't know whatever those things are really really tough so just to say you know thriving is a nice idea and that is quite um you know it's quite a bit too easy to say right but I think for me it's partly to do system level we need to recognize that there's something a bit weird and not quite right here when some people get to experience this thriving and other people don't and we can kind of spread that a little bit as well as individuals we can demonstrate it but we can also facilitate people to do it and I think it's really obvious when when you've got purpose you know when I guess you know two out of three of those things are are, are available to you you know meaning purpose all those things huge amounts of energy are released and you can just tell I suppose the way I would suggest is that when there's when you can tell like the energy meter in a room or in a group or a space when there's energy it may not necessarily people be um maybe not necessarily be thriving because some parts of it may be pressure might be too great or whatever like that but there's a sense of incredible purpose or a sense of incredible or no and a a sense of incredible ability and you want to try and you know bring those together so to me i'd say the amount of energy what i realized in sport very very clearly was when your purpose was aligned to your values to the things that you wanted to do and it made sense to you the energy was just unreal you almost would not get tired i didn't actually I felt obviously physically tired, but I never felt weary. I just felt like I'm going to get up the next day. I'm going to keep going. And, and that to me is the indication when there's just a huge amount of energy 
almost unlimited untapped amount of energy to be to be put to something that's incredible to be around that and you know i definitely feel that in in an extinction rebellion you know there's a huge mission people are extraordinarily motivated and of course it's hard but that's happening you know and that's a really interesting thing to be so i think that's you know and i i guess that is a sense of energy release is is thriving and i believe that's possible across the breadth of human human you know humankind as such if we can you know get those conditions right as part of the training we do around resilience or the coaching we do around resilience we ask people to wear a heart rate variability monitor for a few days and it gives us a readout of their stress and recovery balance like minute by minute super accurate and um we did it to a, a a lovely guy and we went through his report and he's a CTO of a multi, you know, huge, huge international um, business, run, looks after thousands of people. And he'd consciously moved jobs two years ago because he wasn't serving his purpose. So he's moved into this job and loves it. And it's incredibly stressful. But his his report meant that he was in green, which is recovery. So flow state effectively for his entire working day minus maybe like 10 minutes in chunks. I've never seen anything like it. And he was like, the only way I can explain it to you is that I am so passionate and so in tune with what I want to do that that is how I live my life. And it was just fascinating that his body was physiologically attuned to that as well. So it's exactly that charging the battery. His battery was being recharged by his working day. And we normally see the opposite, which is it's being drained by your working day and you kind of collapse at home and recover a bit and then on you go and on you go. And so it was fascinating to see how your body manifests that same feeling around living your purpose and, and how mm. your battery is genuinely being charged by doing that. And I can only imagine if you're in a group of people who are all getting that same feeling, what you could achieve in that. Mm. And that's really exciting, I think. Damien, same question to you in terms of that sense of what you can achieve as a group. Have you experienced, I guess, different environments where you haven't had that versus the one you've created now? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of a tricky question to answer. I guess you know it goes it goes to how important kind of team building and fit is to get people you know where everyone is aligned around similar values and a company in our case company purpose and values. Um, and I think you know I'm very very fortunate to have to have that now. We put a lot of effort into hiring and fit, and you know it's hard now at the moment when everyone's remote as well. I remember. Um, so that's very makes it very difficult to judge in the same way as you could in the same room you know whether someone is is happy and fulfilled and is getting all of that kind of fulfillment from their role and their work and so on um but the thing i was struck when etienne was talking and i think he was right talking about the system um and what what i'm kind of often struck when we're all talking about this thing about having like fulfilling work and this purpose and this values and all of this energy, you know how much of a luxury that is. Um, so I think you touched on it, Etienne. You know, most people are not in that position, and you know we're very fortunate to to be able to think about these things in our work, and especially now during COVID, I'm kind of struck by, you know, just how socially unjust lockdown is for example you know it's very easy for me to work from home or probably for you guys as well but you know for a lot of people it's it's a nightmare and um you know and then with you know homeschooling and all that kind of stuff as well um but yeah I'm, I'm kind of digressing a bit there but yeah I mean 
I think like like Etienne said, you know, when when you have those those people together in a room or even on a Zoom in these times, you know, you get you you just get a sense of you know everyone being aligned and how how you sense that I I don't know. It's just kind of innate, um, and yeah, the key to that is is in the business sense is is great great hiring, um, which is really really difficult. Well, one thing that I, I love being able to ask, um, and just before I hand over to Catherine, just to kind of try and summarize this incredible conversation, it, it's like it's it's almost 45 minutes we've been speaking, and yet it really doesn't feel like we've even kind of scratched the surface. Um, but it, it's just the question I love asking is, as a result of this conversation today, what have you either re-remembered, reinforced, or kind of realized uh, that you perhaps wouldn't have had you not had this conversation. And I'm going to put you on the spot, Damien. What is it that, that's kind of um, enlightened you today? I'm trying to think. I, I think the thing that I keep coming back to is what I, what, I, what I just said after reflecting on what Etienne has said about, you know, the luxury of the position that we're in, often talking about this kind of stuff. Um, I was also really interested in the HRV thing, um, I, I measure my um, HRV, but just with uh, with an aura ring. So I'd be quite interested to kind of look at a more detailed kind of study of that because I'm very interested in my own my own performance um, and and that kind of feeling of energy and alignment with with what I'm doing. So I think that's a really interesting idea. But the overarching thing is, I think you know what a what a luxury it is to be in this in, in in the position where we're able to think and talk about these things and how how we can empower the rest of your team or those around you to have similar kind of chances as well so that's probably like a big a big takeaway for me Etienne what about you yeah I mean I'm interested in that this device it sounds kind of interesting I don't think I've known about it probably been out of sports a little bit too long to uh, or not closely enough connected to sports to, to know exactly what that is it sounds quite cool but I think for me um, it sort of relates a little bit to, to everything we've said here is that I think it's really important to have a little I've valued this time here to be able to recommit to my purpose and my vision of, of what needs to you know what I want to do what I why I'm doing what I'm doing and as a sort of meta point you know there that it's really perhaps quite difficult and quite rare to get the chance to sit down and think out loud or reflect and reconnect or perhaps even connect in the first place because I guess not everyone gets even to do that what you're doing and why you know or why you're doing what you're doing and does that work for you um so that's been quite good because um well I've been very good really you should never say quite when you mean very is what is one tip I can tell you um and yeah to me that's been very valuable because there is yeah there is so much human beings are so amazing when you can get your mind and your heart I think together on something that is what is wonderful and we need to do that you know we need to help people to do that I should say the other thing I'm going to do that Etienne reminded me is to to rewatch Top Gun <laughs> <laughs> and actually that's that's another kind of commonality because the funny thing is I watched that religiously like I must have watched it like 30 40 times when I was a kid and I wanted to be a pilot as well because of that and I couldn't be because I was colorblind 
Wow, there you go. Well, one thing that I did notice as a a direct link that both of your paths and your journeys, although you didn't kind of make it all the way through um, Etienne, was triggered by TV. So there we go. (laughs) Catherine, what have you taken from today? Um, Well, it's always, you know, it's been fascinating hearing you guys. Etienne, I've known you for a really long time. So it's, um, it's really nice to hear you role modeling what I've always seen and experienced from being around you. And I think that sense of drive, passion, like connection that you create around it and the ability to draw people into it in a really compassionate way, whatever the cause is, mm. um, I think is really um, a privilege to be around and listen to. And I think that's a pleasure. And, and, um, and I think, you know, spreading that message and Damien, we, I heard the same thing, you know, that, that desire to, almost go against or create your own path, forge a path that you believe in and and stick to it in a marketplace that didn't allow that necessarily or didn't make it easy, but actually then create opportunities for other people to join and be part of that. And I think that sense of leadership and however you want to describe it, but really creating followership around something that's incredibly important and driven by passion and actually more importantly, creating a better place for all of us to live is a total privilege to hear you guys have that conversation. So thank you very much for both of you. Oh, thank you. It was, a, it was a pleasure and a privilege. Well, that was the, the line I was going to use. Um, it really, really has been a total privilege to be, to be able to have this conversation with you guys. Um, and we love being, being able to kind of bring right, really kind of diverse groups of people together. Um, and I think we've been able to achieve that today. And uh, so Damien and Etienne, thank you so much for uh, joining us and sharing those stories. And, and thank you for those who, who are listening. Um, hopefully you've taken a whole bunch of stuff out of this as I'm sure you have the others as well. Thank you.